you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL podcast won't be attending their Hall of Fame ceremony. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by New Era. My name is Dan Hansis, joined in a room filled with some heroes, Mark Sessler and Chris Wessling, the Kissing Cousins. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Oh, yeah. Do you see yourself achieving any anything approaching Hall of Fame level recognition at the end of your career? Hmm. Either of you. I don't. I think we're having a decent uh, podcast career, but I don't know if they've opened up a hall for podcast bros. <laughs> That's our only shot. I just, I, I think tra- the trajectory right now says uh, is a hard no. Sports writing Hall of Fame not going to happen. Not happening at all. Uh, we can't of, even get into the Pro Football Writers of America. We're not going to that. To, although you're the only one that was really knocking on the door there. Not I'm that. agitated. Nobody still. answered the door for you there. Um, but no, I probably not. Wes, Wes is silent because Wes probably thinks he's getting to several Hall of Fames. Huckapoo's <laughs> Hall of Fame. Cornhole. No, no, just the Huckapoo's Hall of Fame. That's it. I think you're already there. I feel like I have some philosophical issues with halls of fame anyway, so don't don't need to be invited. <laughs> Mostly because Eli Manning is going into one prominent <laughs> hall of fame. We'll see about in that. about seven years. Uh, this is the Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, presented by New Era, and because New Era is with us, this was a video show. How exciting! It's our first video show in some time, so you can uh, catch this uh, streaming on NFL.com. When? When, Lindsay? When, how can people get the show on video? That's going to air at 9 a.m. tomorrow, which is Friday. There you go. So if you want to see uh, us jabronis uh, in action, do that. And uh, if you don't, here's the audio show. And we got a lot to get to today. Uh, a lot of news. Uh, LaShawn McCoy updates. It's, it's not 
not a good time uh, for the the Bills or Shady McCoy fans. So we'll we'll track what's going on with his situation. Uh, also, uh, it is time now as we edge. We're deep now into NFL summer vacation. So training camp right around the bend. Let's do a little AFC and NFC hierarchy report. Just where everybody stands. About that time. Uh, and uh, Wes, you handled the NFC. And Mark, you handled the AFC. And then I'm just going to be like, hey, are these guys, are these bros doing I mean, we job? put a lot of work into this. How was it? Eight or nine minutes of preparation each as we <laughs> compiled these lists. We reached dramatically different conclusions, too. That's how you get into the hall, boys. That type of work ethic. So we're excited. And uh, yes, uh, as we turn to the news, uh, we're going to have a special guest uh, with us. Uh, in fact, can we invite him in right now? Yes, he is. Of course, you know who he is if you're a fan of NFL media products. He is Alex Gelhar uh, of the Fantasy Team, NFL Fantasy Live podcast. He the Stronghold. The Stronghold. He announced uh, with great fanfare on Twitter Fanfare. Uh, that he was leaving not just NFL media, uh, but the entire industry to become a freedom fighter. That's what I call him. <laughs> uh, he's going to be a lawyer, but a good lawyer, not the bad lawyer. Uh, so this is his last day here? Uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's your last day. day yes. But uh, we said, let's get Alex in here, sit in on the news as a uh, a goodbye. Oh, yeah, thank you. Wonderful show to join you with so many hats on the table. A lot <laughs> of hats. A lot of hats. And Mark, already on your radar that the producers uh, behind the glass, although they do yeoman's work, incredible work, one hat missing. There is, and and New Era like provided all thirty-two hats, so it's it's squarely on the shoulders of someone behind the glass who thought we'll put thirty-one teams here, save for the Cleveland Browns. I all, find that to be an absolute slap in the face. All you have to do to earn a hat in this room is to have two wins over a two-year period, or one in one year. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty yeah. low bar, Mark. It is yeah. a low bar, but I I I still feel at this point that it's a, just another notch in the belt of. The insults that constantly rain down on me on this show. Well, think about look at it this way as well. I asked where where's the Jets hat, and I was told, oh, it's front and center. And then I, I was pointed to a large television screen, uh, basically on the roof of the studio. <laughs> Technically, I guess front and center, but really, but we got a ways to nice go. Hats, though. Technically like hats, though. Technically center, but not, not front. front. Right. Not at all. Exactly. Not at all. Front. So, Alex, happy to have you here. Thank you. And, it's an honor. Uh, excited. Uh, for the next step in your life. But for now, why don't we do some news? Let's. I feel a little guilty about this. That was uh, England fans. Uh, literally the day after we named them the uh, World Cup team of ATL. They go down to flames. Gelhar, you're a big uh, football fan. This is uh, true. This was a team that's well known for heartbreak, uh, England. The Three Lions, I believe? Yes. The trio as of Lions? As they're known. Okay. Three Lions, yeah. um, this was an especially heartbreaking loss because they had no business losing. Is that fair to say? Not that they had no business losing. The Croatia team was very good, and it was kind of the their golden generation, as some of these teams have been referred to in the tournament, was still there but aging. Uh, many people just expected, though, from the gauntlet that Croatia had gone through back-to-back 
120 minute games in the span of like seven days. That's that's grueling on the body. So they thought England was coming in sharp. They were coming in fresher and that they should walk out victorious. But mm. They did not, and it's probably fitting, though, that you guys would bestow them with the Team of ATL honor. I mean, to a man, people on Twitter were said, why did you just do that? It's, <laughs> it's an, a total ominous curse. I had a question. Is this the best World Cup? I'm not. You weren't around th- years and years ago, but that you've ever seen. Is this the best one during your lifetime? Yeah, I was actually just talking about uh, this with Alex Wilk uh, at lunch today because we were just talking about how so many of the games themselves have been great, and the collective whole of the World Cup with the the intrigue and stories and players has just been so entertaining to watch. <laughs> I mean, you go back to the group stage. There's been a lot of different upsets and a lot of cool storylines. Like Panama, they got well, beat around on the on the field uh, routinely, but they scored their first ever World Cup goal, and that was a national celebration. They lost six to one in that hey, game, but it was very. cool. How about we get America in the cup? Then it will be next really time they're in. How they they could be the, the worst Yanks team on the planet, there. and they're in next time, right? Uh, in two World Cups. Oh, two. You're an automatic entry when you host. Oh, I do like right after because we we inserted ourselves into this England mess by naming them the team of ATL in the World Cup. Uh, as, as soon as the game ended. I didn't even understand. It was like a different language. It was a bunch of hooligans in England yelling at each other and people from other countries uh, making fun of England. And I, so I just I had to tap out of my Twitter feed for a while. And the other thing I'll add is I knew immediately I'm no soccer fan, but I am a sports fan and a general feeling of when something bad is going to happen. I can sometimes pick up on it. Once that whole uh, meme thing took off about bringing it home. It's coming home. It's like, no, this is definitely going to blow up in your You are not yeah. a fan from the from the I word mean, go on that. So. Well, I take exception here with the idea that we are somehow to blame for this when they were <laughs> up one nothing and controlling the game and just peed on their legs for the final, what? They did. 20, 30, 20, 30 40 minutes. minutes. They it was our that. fault, Wes. No, no, the just play. Show up and play better in the second <laughs> half. Um, all right. So there you go. Little World Cup chatter. Fun stuff. Now some football. And we'll start, obviously, with the heavy news surrounding Buffalo Bills running back LaShawn McCoy. And here's the latest on him. McCoy's former girlfriend told police she believed uh, the Bills running back possibly, quote, set her up when she was violently assaulted during alleged home invasion robbery at her residence in suburban Atlanta early Tuesday morning. Uh, An incident report released by the Milton Police Department states, quote, the caller possibly thinks her boyfriend possibly set her up. Uh, Delisha Corden, McCoy's former girlfriend, is not named specifically by police as the caller, but other events in the report uh, the caller says happened to be happened to her correspond with what Corden's attorney said occurred during the incident. So uh, Milton police on Wednesday released a redacted version of their report of Tuesday's incident at the home. Armed robbery, aggravated assault uh, with a firearm, residential burglary without force, aggravated battery. Police have not named any suspect uh, Mike Garofolo, our own Mike Garofolo, reported that McCoy uh, returned to uh, training for football this morning, practicing with Frank Gore and other running backs in South Florida. And um, here's the question, Wes. Um, a lot of questions, a lot of unanswered questions. And again, McCoy uh, vehemently uh, has denied all these allegations against them, and there's no charges filed or even a suspect with the police. So there's a lot wide open right now. But that doesn't necessarily clear him at all in terms of whether or not he's playing football because that's not how the NFL uh, levies justice. Uh, Where are we at with McCoy? Are we going to see him on the field? Well, I think the situation is serious enough that you automatically turn to the commissioner's exempt list, which was basically created so they could take someone off the field while an investigation is ongoing 
And from what we've heard so far, you figure the investigation is going to be, you know, still still active throughout the season. Yeah, it's it's something we'll, we'll be tracking very closely. And and you look at the Bills, Gelhar. Like, I mean, if McCoy's not involved, we already know they have all sorts of issues. Their offensive line, a lot of turnover. Uh, you have AJ McCarron, who's unproven, and then the rookie, who's probably going to see a lot of time. If you take McCoy out of the mix, he's like the one guy that they could point to, like carry the load for this team. The Bills could be in a lot of trouble without McCoy. Yeah, I mean, last year alone, LaShawn McCoy wasn't his his finest year on the football field, but he accounted for almost 33% of the total offense of the Bills. That's a huge, huge piece to lose. They went and signed uh, Chris Ivory in the offseason, but we haven't seen him be able to be a true workhorse in any sense. And uh, as you mentioned, their wide receiving core as well. They've lost a lot of players. They lost Deontay Thompson. They got rid of Jordan Matthews. It's basically just Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones, if he's even back in time, because he had offseason. There's and if you're well. a rookie quarterback, you could not paint a more troubling lineup to enter against actual NFL defenses. So a lot to I be talked seen to here. sad Bills fan Patrick Crawley downstairs and said, why would you want your rookie first-round pick even playing uh, on this team because it just feels like it's a recipe to take a beating and also pr- potentially regress. Um, so Patrick Crawley, is- not totally sad, just was married and returned from a honeymoon. Everyone in our office is getting married except for Gelhard this week wow. and this month. <laughs> yeah, so you're Side- coming under fire for that. Maybe that's why you're leaving. Side note, the exact kind of situation we would expect a team to take a chance on Adrian Peterson. Right. Because he would have to come in as a work ha- workhorse, which fits him, not as a comp- complimentary player. So maybe that would be an option. DeMarco Murray? Yeah. Yep, both. And since you brought it up, Gelhar moving back to his home state of Wisconsin. Yes. To attend law school as he uh, seeks a life as a legal counsel. Yes. Um, you know, maybe that's part of the re- Maybe the L.A. <laughs> the LA ladies, maybe not Gelhar's speed. He wants to find... A girl just like Ma. That's really not part of the reasoning, but <laughs> feel free. That's good, good for you to throw that out, conjecture out during the news here. All right, good. Permission uh, to nickname Alex Esquire Ooh. or Esk. Oh, wow. I like that. Okay. I like that. You could raise an objection at any time. Is <laughs> oh, I'm going to let it go for right now. Overruled. You didn't even object. Anyway, more bad news, more legal stuff. This is why Alex is on today's show. Former <laughs> NFL cornerback Brandon Browner charged with attempted murder. My goodness and three other felonies Tuesday after he allegedly assaulted a woman during a home break-in in California on Sunday. The L.A. County District Attorney's Office also charged Browner with two misdemeanors in its court filing. Uh, he's scheduled to be arraigned in Pomona Superior Court on Tuesday. Uh, he's 33 years old. A um, you know We were just talking about on Monday or Tuesday's show how quickly things changed in Seattle over a relatively short period of time. So not only... Uh, is there that team going to look a lot different in the secondary? Browner, like life comes at you fast, Mark. Well, and also I, it's just you feel like how quickly things change post career for some of these guys. And I, you, we don't, we don't know what's going on with Brandon Browner, but there's always another. There's, there's, there's victims in this, and there's that other side. And I just feel like. Brandon Browner was someone that we were writing about as a football player a couple years ago, and, and the meltdown is is pretty staggering. I mean, he won a Super Bowl in 2014 with the Patriots. That's just a few years ago. About to go that. from there to all of these troubles is quite the precipitous fall as soon as his playing days were you know, close to or right behind him. Uh, moving on, Terrell Owens, who made the, to many people, curious decision 
to opt out of being uh, celebrated at the Hall of Fame in Canton this summer. He was elected, uh, but uh, announced that he would uh, not attend the ceremonies, which is pretty unheard of uh, and a unique situation, and, and instead uh, will hold his own Hall of Fame ceremony at the University of Tennessee Chattanooga, his alma mater. Uh, the Hall of Fame, obviously, a little butthurt. <laughs> Let's, let's just keep it real. They, they didn't like that. It was, they felt it to be disrespectful. And uh, they've decided they're not even going to acknowledge T.O. during its ceremony, instead concentrating on the other inductees that are participating in the event, Bobby Beathard, uh, Brian Dawkins, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, among that group. Uh, so the NFL Hall of Fame, obviously not very happy with Terrell Owens. This disappoints me. You expect an austere entity that calls itself the Hall of Fame to be above sort of childish tit for tat? We know who Terrell Owens is. He's acting the same way he's always acted. The same guy who Bill Parcells reached a conclusion, this guy's a narcissist, so I'm going to start calling him the player instead of using his name. <laughs> he's the same guy he always was. The Hall of Fame should be above stuff like this. Terrell Owens earned this. He should get the credit. I've, having been to the Hall of Fame, the one the, compared to so much other stuff that happens in the NFL, on the field and off, it is it is a event that is purely joyful, and it's really kind of for the football fan. And I don't understand how I, I get that you're not going to have a blowout ceremony for To when he's not there, but to ignore his his accomplishments and his presence altogether is a weird event and a weird tone decision weird. for an event that is actually so much fun and it's really all positive. I. It does seem petty to me. Hall of Fame Executive Director Joe Horrigan uh, said that the focus will be on the guys who are here and also said there's no reason to bring him up as an individual. He's not here. That enshrinement, of course, will be on August 4th. There is a reason because he earned it over his career. That's yeah. the reason to bring him up. That's I take exception with Joe Horrigan. Also, I feel like the the, the diss or the, the battle should be between Terrell Owens and the Hall of Fame Selection Committee, which everybody knows is a wildly imperfect process for selecting who actually gets enshrined in Canton. Right. Like, the Canton shouldn't take exception to Terrell Owens not wanting to be there. His beef is more with the people that unjustly kept him out of the Hall of Fame. He could use like a, a lawyer, a representative, someone to get kind of in his... <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of case you'd want to take on, I think. Yeah, sustained. Yes, exactly. Sustained, Yes. Very yeah. well done. Uh, I'm using all of my lawyer knowledge and <laughs> just trying to impress Alex. You're doing a great job so Thank far. you very much. Uh, oh, man. Pac-Man Jones, a man that is really... Did I mention, by the way, August 4th? I know there's some shadowy league figures back there. August 4th, the Hall of Fame enshrinement only on NFL Network. <laughs> well played. <laughs> it's a great event. It's good. On television. Anyway, uh, Pac-Man Jones, no stranger to trouble. He found some uh, <laughs> at an airport in Atlanta. Uh, Mark, we've been at the Atlanta airport, and I don't remember anything like this ever happening before. Uh, but anyway, Atlanta police spokesman Jarius Doherty uh, says Pac-Man was confronted by ABM Industries employee. That sounds like a made-up company of like evil. Vandalay like, Industries. Yeah, some type of evil corporate shadowy uh, entity. Anyway, uh, ABM Industries employee Frank Reagan, after Reagan made a uh, gesture toward the football player, and that led to words being exchanged. And then Reagan, and this is all I think on TMZ, the video, Reagan uh, struck Pac-Man with a closed fist, cut uh, Jones's face, and then Pac-Man, he squares up, comes after Reagan, knocks him down. It looks like Pac-Man got the better of the brawl. It did remind me, even though Pac-Man is a professional athlete and Reagan was, or however you pronounce his name, a guy in good shape, and it, they're just flailing at each other. And it just reminds me how awkward and um, really unimpressive most fistfights 
usually are. And they, and they the unedited you know fight itself lasted about a minute and forty seconds, and it's it's mostly like who's got the longer reach here, who's going to. Reagan connect? had the reach. He had the reach, and there Definitely. was there was a female trying to keep. Uh, Pac-Man out of the, out of the entire thing, I, but it, you know because you always hear about these bar fights these players get into, and it's like why are players always getting into fights? And you find out what this is a guy hired to work at the airport airport, goading Pac-Man on. Well, I'd like to see the part where the video doesn't show at the beginning. Like, sure. What words were exchanged before we get to that video? I'm not I, ready to completely exonerate Pac-Man. Jones. I'm not well, either I'm because the history. You. No, he only has about 180 incidents like he, this. But well, I would. I've heard from numerous friends. And family members in Cincinnati that know about things that go on after dark. Mm-hmm. Pac-Man, the number of fistfights that have been reported in the news <laughs> is not the number of fistfights that he has been involved in. Wes, you've been known to be involved in fistfights outside Huckapoo's uh, in your younger years. I was bouncing. Uh, I, I'm just a show of hands. How many people have been in a legit fistfight here? Neil Zeuser stays above that fray. That's nice. Yeah. You should be proud of it. Well, it's, sometimes did you start it or was it? I got into a brawl um, with Mo Bader in uh, fifth grade. <laughs> Shout out to Mo Bader. Yeah. Fifth graders have brawls. Yeah, we were we were tussling on a football field. There was some rolling around, uh, but there wasn't straight up fisticuffs. And then uh, my buddy Bob, I would say this is an eighth grade. Um, he had a fist fight with Dave Reyna over a girl, and I served as Bob's like manager, like Bobby Heenan style. But I did not in- get involved with the fight itself. Well, I'd like the man that you'd be good as a as a sort of uh, manager that whips up trouble. That's, probably that probably got Bob into the fight if I know if I knew I you at all. I think I had a role in the actual genesis. Stinky Davis. When yeah, we were in bit. fourth grade, like a collection of nine or eight or nine fourth graders, I was one of them. Uh, we had, they put a new playground up. One of those, like it was like a big deal, it was like a wooden playground with tires. When that was yeah. like a new thing, and these third graders were all over it. And we oh, aggression got, is high when a new playground. Oh yeah, so we like we went, yeah. we got we, Donny we, we took them out, and we were suspended <laughs> for like we we missed a holiday party. I got into a bar brawl over a girl once. Um, I was vaguely a, sexy, by the way. You yeah, it, I, it didn't go well. Like then there was, I, mean, there, go well. I was on the Boulder Mall in Boulder, Colorado, at like one one a.m. after a copy editing shift at the Daily Camera, and was waiting for my friend uh, Kiwi to drive to come down and pick me up because I didn't have a car. And this guy came racing out of the darkness with his friend chasing him, like from blocks away. <laughs> and there's no one else around. I can see him burning towards me and I'm on a bench just sitting there and his friend's like get away get away I was like what and his friend the, the, the crazy guy came up and just socked me in the eye socket and I went down and then his friend took him down my friend showed up and just pulled me away to a dive bar and tried <laughs> to recover what was going on there? I think his friend was it was like a seek on, and destroy mission for anybody on a bench I think any whoever had been sitting on that bench would have taken that hit wow so, but he really hates that bench it was me he was after, not the bench. Uh, so. One thing we, we I'd be remiss if we didn't report uh, about this uh, airport brawl was Pac-Man Jones dropped his bag of Popeyes, which Twitter detectives were all over because, I mean, one, delicious, and two, like, you're wasting airport food like that. That's not Never cheap. Waste. It's not cheap, and you need it for the long flight ahead. Uh, moving on, Jeff Fisher. Hey, this is the last time uh, we heard from Jeff, Jeff Fisher with uh, in a mic'd up capacity. Unfortunately, I won't be there this weekend. I was just fired. Oh, all right. So Jeff Fisher, that was on Hard Knocks, of course, uh, after he was let go. Well, uh, this uh, report from the New York Post uh, that Jeff Fisher 
is scheduled to call the September 30th game between the Jaguars and Jets in Jacksonville. He will share the booth with play-by-play announcer and NFL Network star Dan Helly. Uh, Marchand of the Post uh, reports that Fisher is not scheduled to call any more games at this point, although there could be more opportunities. So Fisher has kind of had a low profile. I think he was even hanging out in Montana for a while. There was some like low grade photo of him at a supermarket in Montana at some point, like maybe a year ago, but like Bigfoot style photo kind of. Yeah. Rainy uh, walking yeah, he between had a the beard. aisles. He looked kind of grizzly. Uh, he's resurfacing Wes. I know you're excited. Well, I think it's easy because Jeff Fisher is a punchline at this point to say that he'll be terrible, but you have no idea. It's a totally different skill set, and reminds me a bit of Matt Millen, who was an awful GM, but that has nothing to do with calling football games, and you can use your experience as a bad GM to make you a better announcer or a bad head coach to make you a better announcer. I think he is – can you communicate? Like Tony Romo put everyone to shame last year because he came in there fresh off the field and was able to communicate what he was seeing in a way that tons of former players and coaches who sit up there are, are not able to do. It's a totally different situation. Speaking of Tony Romo, uh, he was on our airwaves uh, is it some golf tournament? That's what Tony Romo does. Airwaves. I, I, Airwaves. I basically assume. Why are you angry about it? I just assume. I'm not even mad about it, but I just assume at any time when Tony Romo is not in a broadcast booth or sleeping, he's at a golf course. Okay. And You're may, not wrong. Maybe if you hear a little tension in my voice, little I'm not bit. even a big golf guy, but I'm a little jealous. <laughs> seems like a pretty good way to live your life. Okay. And he's a millionaire and better looking than me, and everything seems to be going Tony Romo's way in retirement. Well, wait, you were very pro Tony Romo last season. Something's got under your skin here. You're... I don't really... The hero worship for Romo is a little bit on my radar heading into 2018. That's all. What I mean, do you disagree with the notion that he really already is giving us something we've never gotten from a football analyst? I think he's excellent. I love it. I was in on the ground floor with Tony Romo. You- but the man is not Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying. In general, when anyone's getting too much praise, even if they he's des- not Jesus even Christ with deserve- a seven iron, Mark. Okay. You I just mean, don't like I'm praise. Not, I'm not suggesting he is. You like praise to be limited to a few people, not everyone. everyone jumping on the Romo bandwagon is what I'm talking so, about. Everyone now pretends like they always saw Tony Romo as a talent that could thrive. <laughs> I feel like you just want him with like a chink over. in the armor. You want him to have some sort of gaff on air that that bring him back. Into, Maybe you know, to get some people to jump off the train. Okay. Anyway, people are more interesting when they have flaws. This yeah. went somewhere Absolutely. I did not expect. It. On uh, on our <laughs> airwaves, uh, Tony Romo with the great friend of the Around the NFL podcast, Lindsey uh, Rhodes, had this prediction about the Super Bowl in Atlanta this year. It's pretty early. The thing about the NFL is things change pretty fast. Injuries happen. A lot of stuff happens. But if I was picking right now, I'd probably go with Green Bay versus Jacksonville. I think that would be just a tentative rough guess here in the – in the summer months. Uh, fair enough. And which led then, of course, what, what else are you going to do? Uh, uh, NFL.com has a prominent former quarterback and media star uh, make a prediction. It splashed across the, the front of NFL.com and with the image of Aaron Rodgers and then Blake Bortles. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Is this really going to happen? Come on. <laughs> they should zero. have done it was Aaron Rodgers and Jalen Ramsey because that would be the better story. Right? Like Aaron Rodgers going head-to-head. I love our programming defense. department. They do amazing Clearly. work, and uh, really everyone at this company. I'm on my way out. I can you know, fight yeah. shoot Ooh, from nice. the hip a little bit if you uh, want to here. But just the idea of Blake Bortles playing in the Super Bowl, let's just say the Zeuser's not buying it. 
I mean, it was we like five, five minutes year. away from happening last year. I know. A great Stefan Gilmore tipped pass away from possibly having him in the and Well, how about not, bu- how about not buying the Packers? I understand it's the most logical thing <laughs> in, on coming. the planet, but it's like every summer, 88% of football analysts pick the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. Hasn't happened in almost a decade. Elhar, a diehard uh, born and bred Packers fan. Uh, do, do you have the same confidence as many people in the football cognoscenti? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers plays for 16 games or close to it, we've seen they're going to at least be in the mix. And a right. lot of times with the NFL, it just matters is getting to the postseason. Oh, I wrote a piece saying that they will go to the playoffs. So that's happening. You're <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, but you yeah, wrote that about every teacher. <laughs> Everyone's going to the playoffs. No, you yeah, wrote maybe. it about 16. Uh, Rank wrote the other 16. Where are we at so. with that series? Is the Patriots uh, piece? We are game? creeping <laughs> towards the final chapter. I will be filing the Patriots piece shortly. Lindsay, can you make a note that when the Patriots piece is filed, we're going to do a whole segment on it? Yep. There you I'm go. on it. <laughs> okay. uh, uh, the only other thing I was going to add is maybe yeah. why there is more confidence this year is because Teflon Dom Capers is no longer there. Yeah, and, no I mean, you know, the grass is always greener, but the early reports are a lot of the players are really uh, into Mike Pettin, his philosophy, his schemes a little easier to understand. They've had an influx of young talent that a lot of people uh, were really high on. They've got the Muhammad Wilkerson reclamation project mm-hmm. as well. So perhaps Aaron Rodgers. I like me some bounced. Mike Pettin. I like. I think he's good. Uh, uh, perhaps he doesn't get bounced in the playoffs when his defense gives up forty some points, as we've seen. Did you catch times. that trope alert in there? Uh, what his defense is easier to understand. Yes. More what digestible. does that even mean? I do feel like it is. It is a, a sight we don't need to see again. Late January, Packers melting on a late Sunday playoff game, and and Dom Capers up in the booth, the hair just staring down at a defense completely dissolving. That, that will never happen. That image haunts my dreams many nights. Pettin's sort of a bit of a steelier guy. I think he could, we, Remember we had our who can beat up who coach rankings? Uh, he yeah. was high up there. Yeah, that was Pettin. Pettin's number one claim to fame as an NFL head coach is that he could kick the ass of most other NFL coaches. Not much else going on. Pac-Man would take him. <laughs> Probably. All right, that's what's happening in the news. Alex Gelhar, uh, we w- worked with you for what four years? Five uh, years. This is this would be this November would be my sixth year. Unbelievable. NFL, Probably yeah. spent as much time with you and your dad Scott at the Super Bowl <laughs> yes. as any two people <laughs> yeah. in the past five your years. Your dad Scott. I think is he's a great more popular dude. than I am at the at the NFL. To be completely honest, a so. firefighter. Um, so Alex, we've loved working with you. You're like one of the nicest guys in the building, and uh, I'm sure this this change. Yes. Well, thank uh, you guys. It will be something that suits you well. Hopefully, We're excited for you. Some lawyers they want it. They start. They they have aspirations of going and making a great difference, and they become sort of a monsters. Yeah, yeah. Kind of you know, corporate, evil corporate suits. Yeah. Darth Vader ish. So just please be careful. I will try to keep uh, that idealism close to my heart. As also, okay. Get, there, stay yeah. away from the darkness. There is a chance we'll need your services. Yeah, please feel Dan free to will. call me as you mentioned. <laughs> yes. Whether it's for looking, insight looking. on the show or personal issues. Counsel, personal counsel. The yes. arc of Dan's career tells me that you will be making money off of Dan for a variety <laughs> of incidents <laughs> down the road. That is probably right. So let's stay in touch, Alex. Absolutely. Alex Gelhar into the oh we'll see him at the garage we're gonna have yeah, a couple by later yeah with him for a couple belts going away soiree all right now it is time now that we have um gotten to the point of the summer gentlemen where everyone's about to come report we're, we're not there yet everybody's still having fun on their hovercrafts hovercraft there's the jet skis and their nightclubs even though west doesn't understand why 
young men in their 20s that have a lot of disposable <laughs> income and are very desirable to members of the opposite sex, why they would want to be in nightclubs. Why on earth? A lot of people are doing that during this time off. I was shaking my head more at the jet skis than the nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that will soon be over and everyone will get to camp. So now as we kind of head toward, we really start to spin toward 2018 uh, it is time to check in on both conferences, the AFC and the NFC. A hierarchy report, where teams stack up, where we see them um, as we uh, look toward a new season. And, Mark, we're going to start with the AFC. And the way we did this um, was, Mark, as I uh, mentioned at the top of the show, Mark, you will uh, be offering up a breakdown of the American Football Conference. You're going to say who's got a shot, who's got no shot. Inaccurate. Where, where people Inaccurate. Dead one. on accurate. And then Wes will chime in with the NFC version. So why don't you get us going, Mr. Cecil? And we shielded, the, we shielded these lists from you so that you could offer debate if you must. Right. And obviously, Wes can also debate what you say as well. Wes is going to agree largely, um, I'm hoping. That's okay. why you're the kissing cousin. <laughs> All right. So let's just do this right away. Tier number one, the big heavies is what I call tier number one. Okay. I like it. Okay. And the big heavies are two teams that I think have owned the AFC for a long time. Obviously, one has the edge over the other, but that's the Patriots and the Steelers. So right away, at odds with Tony Romo and his Jaguars, but Interesting. we'll see them soon enough. Uh, so the big heavy... <laughs> there you go. Ben obviously is having a laugh at somebody's expense. Um, here's right off the bat, I'm going to say, Wes, I don't know if you come down in the, or if you're in the same garage here. In past years of an exercise like this, we would have the Patriots in their own tier. But you have now put them as essentially co-favorites in their conference. Do you, you basically have a feeling that the Pats are starting to creep back to the pack? I have them listed above the Steelers, as they should be. But I think there is just a little bit of a variable with Tom Brady's age. Not that I doubt him. I, I, I Gradual decline? Is that what you're I'm saying? I'm just saying, what, to the 2009 Brett Favre, was marvelous. The 2010 Brett Favre was a disaster. Like, it never is pretty when it ends. The final year of Peyton Manning, although they won a Super Bowl, he was an abject disaster in games and was benched for Brock Osweiler. So I don't see it happening for Tom Brady necessarily that way, but possible. I, last year at this time, the Patriots, we were all convinced, had the strongest roster in the league. We were talking about them going undefeated. To me, the Steelers have a stronger roster I'm fine with the Patriots being slightly ahead of them or whatever because they have Brady and Belichick, right. and that counts for a lot. Absolutely. So it's close, but we I think we're all in agreement that Pat should still be seen as the favorite. Uh, what's the next tier, Mr. Sessler? Tier two. Tier two. Status quo berserkers. <laughs> like, they could blow up this top tier potentially. They're berserkers. Kind of what the Jaguars were last year. That's what they, they were they last year, and they are this year again. Okay. They lead this Tier 2 status quo berserkers category. The only other team that I put in there right now is the Chargers because, A, we don't really see them necessarily based on, on what they did last year as one of these top four teams, but there's a lot of reasons to believe they could be, and the AFC is a little bit watered down, and they could have, if everything goes right, they could be one of these teams that vie for the AFC championship. Counterpoint, when's the last thing everything went right for the Chargers? 1968, maybe. I, I <laughs> you guys know my feeling on this. Until the Chargers stop going nine and seven or eight and eight every year, uh, I am not going to believe it. But maybe I see what you're saying. They could be a berserker if they. Get, I think the most important thing, Wes, is and and their kicking situation did not allow this to happen. Is to get out of the gate fast. If they start three and zero oh or or even you know three and one, uh, I could totally see them winning eleven or twelve. But they got to get out of the gates. I. 
totally understand your skepticism and where it's coming from. But, of course, that same skepticism was directed at a team like the Jaguars last year. Once they prove they're out of the basement, then I'll believe in them. So, to me, the Chargers and Jags belong in this category. I think Mark has is batting a thousand right now because right, they do have they do he doesn't have the, like the overpraise but yeah. i do i think they have the two strongest rosters in that in that conference yeah i think that if you, when i got to the rest of these teams a lot of these teams have flaws so right. you know here we go tier three could be working a few more weeks into january even if some people inside the building were planning to take a vacation maybe to ibiza or turks and caicos after week 17 okay so that all right let me try so, to translate that <laughs> So this is teams that they could get hot, could surprise some people, make a run into the playoffs, but maybe not to the end game. And but it's going to surprise a lot of people, including people in the own their own building. Well, they, I mean, some of these teams have to make the playoffs because there's still two more slots. And I think maybe in the building, thinking, you know what, we're seven and six right now. Book that vacation. I don't like where this team's going. And then they get hot, and you have to cancel your plans. So I, the, yes, I like <laughs> who's in the steer. <laughs> Have you Should, named the teams? I'll name no, the this, teams. This segment is really about the names of the teams. It is. The, team, the, the teams are five teams. The Ravens, the Bengals, the Titans, the Chiefs, and the Texans. I feel like the Ravens feel strong to me this year. The Titans feel strong. The Chiefs, you can't underestimate them because they're always there and they're talented. The Texans are a true wild card, and they are talented with – the exception of the offensive line. Right. The Bengals are the real wild card here to me because I like them better than most people, but there's a lot of bounce back they have to do to get there. What yeah, was, they need some young players to become what they thought they would. What was the name of Tier 2 again? Tier 2 was Status Quo Berserkers. Okay. Status Quo Berserkers. And who was in that tier? That was the Jags and Chargers. <laughs> Should okay. we start from the top? Well, I'm just saying the yeah. Chargers status quo berserker. Okay. I just believe that they could have a special season. Okay, I think the Chiefs and Texans, you can make a case for both of them being in Tier 2, that they could be berserkers if things connect, whereas the other teams you have in Tier 3 really, to me, have a ceiling that does not put them potentially in the Final Four. I, I like the Texans a lot more than – I think Greg felt like they could be good, but they also could be terrible necessarily, potentially. Right. Like I, If they play the way they did when they kind of got hot with Deshaun Watson, if he's all the way back, but there's like some – Questions there. What what version? A running of JJ? quarterback coming off an ACL injury. Right. I mean, and what there version are of JJ Watt do we get? So it's just there. Are, there's stuff I, to fill in. I don't know how many tiers you have. I suspect there will be many. Um, no, there's. <laughs> uh, and I will say that the Chiefs and Texans. If I did this, they would be in their own tier because they're so boomer bust. That's fair. You you dish the assignment off to me, so you have your opportunity to do this it's at like home. Doc Rivers, your, yeah. in 1990. <laughs> Tier four, and now this is where we get a little bit out of order. I'm not trying to order them specifically because it's sort of we're getting into some strange sure, sure. places. Tier four, the effing rest of the AFC East. Okay, because every year, how can can you ever possibly this is, topple this the Patriots? Right. They're right. they're in their own category because Just, the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets. I like the Dolphins much more than the other two teams right now. I don't. Know. What are you going to do to win that division for once? Especially in light of recent events, I think the Bills could be sitting on a two and fourteen bomb. I call this tier the doormats. It's a similar. It's a that's sailor, what you think, Buster. Patriots just walk all over them every year. Uh, Which team do you like the most of these three AFC teams? How about that? Ugh. Uh, the Jets have the most upside. 
I the think, Dolphins. I think Miami. And, and you could argue that Miami, of course. Uh, but I think the Bills are cut below those teams. That's all. They are. And that's, that's, I'm not uh, saying the Jets should be higher. I'm just saying the Bills in that group. I feel like the Bills could be one of the worst teams in the league. Well, I put them lowest. Yeah. So here we go. Tier five. And this is simply, who are you? Because I can't. we're at this point in the summer, and I can't quite figure out what we're going to get from these AFC teams. The Raiders, the Broncos, and the Colts. I like the name of this tier because they could be anything. John Gruden is a huge mystery after a decade away and what they've done to their roster in the offseason. The Broncos could easily be back in the playoffs if Case Keenum is who they think he is. And to me, the Colts, even though their defensive talent is maybe the worst in the league, I could see Andrew Luck, if he is who he was, Leading this team back to the That's, playoffs, he he had he did that before with with shoddy rosters. So the um the rest of the AFC East uh, tier bit, again, I have an issue with it because all the teams in the tier below, I would put ahead of the Bills and probably the other two East. Well, that's why I said that I this from here on it was not a specific <laughs> ranking exercise. <laughs> well, that's what this is. I knew it's literally. A I knew it would. Well, listen, you can you can again that the. the the listener and the host of the show are have the freedom to Can do I be this honest in, with you. Yeah, I well, think you're doing a nice job. What if okay. we just move the "Who Are You" tier up one level? Let's go. Who are you above of the AFC? Everything's better now. Okay, okay, we're good. Everything's better. We're back on track. <laughs> Final you, tier, tier. That six. was driving me crazy. All right. <laughs> are you OCD? A little bit. Tier. Si- I thought if I put the Jets down below, I'd be hearing it from you. So I can't win. <laughs> tier six. Prove it to me instead of getting my hopes up only to have me thinking about driving off Interstate 10 by late September. Mm. Cleveland Browns. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's it's, fair. It's the fear of every Browns fan, every uh, every non-Browns fan that works on the Around the NFL podcast uh, that they are going to bang you again despite all the positive vibes around the franchise right now. But I think, they're, I think they will be higher in this conversation next year. This is I going, really believe it. I think this is going to be the first year I actively root for the Browns just because I want a happier Mark. I do like the idea of Wes rooting <laughs> against the Browns these past five years, even though Mark's... Oh, I've been openly rooting against it. I just don't respect them. Mark's happiness and sadness, to what, it's completely centered on how the Browns are performing. <laughs> so and on some level, you're rooting for Mark's unhappiness. For all oh, I've learned my lesson. Well, is it, is it Wes's fault? Is he part of the organization? I, I would say no. It's a conspiracy, man. So that's that's the AFC <laughs> that's the hierarchy AFC. report? Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful stuff. Oh, you know what we, we have to do, by the way, before we get to the NFC. Oh, yeah. This is good. Training camp spotlight, baby. Presented, of course, by New Era. And since we brought up my Jets, you know the Jets always got to come up. They always get a little bit more pop than they deserve on this podcast. A little bit guess more. What? Who's hosting the, the damn podcast? It's me. <laughs> so Sam Darnold, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and Josh McCown, the three-headed monster back there. Wes, I'm going to tee you up on this. Uh, who's starting week one? Josh McCown. So you think there's no chance Darnold gets the call? The best route to the job for Sam Darnold, I think, is Josh, McC- Josh McCown gets injured, and he is a fragile quarterback. He's old. And he plays a reckless style in a Teddy Bridgewater trade. Yes, I could see that happening for sure. I feel it's like, what would he have to? What does he need to do to win the job? If you're Sam Darnold, you, you kind of have to blow people's expectations away in the preseason. I think because if he's, if there's no reason to rush him into the lineup right away. He's he's the youngest rookie. He's is he the youngest rookie? He is. He's of all time. So it's like... Young, you, youngest rookie quarterback. Just turned 21 last month. It, you were with Baker Mayfield, the age is is an issue out there where you can't just... You can't 
put him you can put him in the shadows for two seasons. You don't need to do that with Darnold, and the Jets are not a playoff level roster. I don't think at this nope. point on offense. So, if anything, maybe you'd find an appropriate spot in the season after a bye week or something, and then you then you get you give him a good sample size end of the year. Yeah, I, I'm with you. When I did do the Good Morning Football segment, I, I laid out three doors that the Jets. Uh, could walk through this season. One was best case that Darnold starts the season and they have a really nice year. Two is that he comes in maybe around Halloween, a little before, a little after, and has some ups and downs. And three, the wheels fall off and everything's terrible. I think number two is where they'll probably end up, and that has Darnold coming in eventually. And I believe, if you remember last summer, McCown almost played no snaps in the preseason. I think you're going to see a ton of Bridgewater showcasing him uh, with... Uh, the kid getting a lot of work as well. And then I think they will try to trade Bridgewater, but we'll see. McCown played well last year, and he is obviously beloved in that locker room. They really look up to him. That was Training Camp Spotlight presented by New Era. Now let's move to the NFC. Chris Wessling, I know as a scientist, even though your other scientist, Greg Rosenthal, not here on vacation doing his thing. Is he I feel in like Japan? we haven't seen Greg in like four months. Is he in Japan? He no, be. he's he's in Los Angeles right now. From what I oh is he? From I'm what I'm trying I know. to get airtime here. <laughs> there he is. Uh, even though you're you're down a scientist, you know I have access to the lab. Uh, absolutely, I have the optical scan that gets me downstairs. I maybe change the locks at some point. Yeah. When did they go from skeleton key to optical scan? That's an upgrade. Rog upgraded it. Okay. Shout out to Rog. Um, and uh, even though Greg's not here, I just want to say as you begin this segment, as a fellow lab guy. Good luck. Why am I not allowed into this part of the house? Yeah, check with Greg. Yeah, don't, uh, it's not my case. I voted to, to put you in. That's above my uh, Wait, paper. that suggests he did not. And that I, suggests that Dan broke the tie by saying no No, 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 no. I'll repeat myself. That's above my pay grade. <laughs> I took the invite. I was hanging out in the, chicken, All right, well, in the kitchen making grilled cheese, and then I got the call. Already we're in a bad place, the four of us. All right, Wes, NFC hierarchy report. Where it's so diametrically opposed to the AFC. So you're second tier in the AFC. Would you be surprised if the Jaguars or Chargers did not make the playoffs? I mean, I would be surprised if the Jaguars did not, but almost anything could happen with, with Blake those two Bortles teams. With Blake Bortles at their court? Uh, 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 that would not surprise me at could all happen if they with not those two teams. Right. Be surprised. Right. The only two teams that I would be surprised are the Steelers and the Patriots. Yes. I count seven teams in the NFC for six playoff spots, and all seven would surprise me if they don't make it. <laughs> These are the contenders in the NFC. The Eagles, Rams, Saints. What's the name of the tier? I'm sorry. Contenders. Contenders. Okay. Eagles, Rams, Saints, okay. Falcons, Vikings, Packers, and Panthers are right on the edge if I would be surprised or not, but they have a strong roster. It would surprise me a little bit. They were a playoff team last year. Yeah, I mean, you make a lot of sense there, Wes. These are all teams – that are, are Super are Bowl loaded. contenders. All loaded teams coming off really good seasons. Like you said, the Panthers may be the team that not quite at the level of these other teams. But, uh, yeah, you're right. That's a lot different than the AFC. I think all seven of these teams, if the season does not end in a Lombardi trophy, it's a disappointment. Mm. I'd agree with you. I like I, it's, it's an argument to reseed the playoffs because – some of these guys are not going to make it. Well, you're going to get two half-baked operations in the AFC playing in January. I don't know. I know you've brought that up before. <laughs> it's just cyclical. I don't know. I, it's, it is yeah. what it is. But it, I, it, the only thing I'd say is 
Dallas, to me, feels like they have high expectations. They're very imperfect, though, so they don't need to be in that in that category. Yeah, I was going to say, and I guess we'll, we're going to hit that, but um, is there any teams that are just missing the cut there, or is this very kind of, to you, black and white, that these well, are the seven? I broke this down into two tiers because I thought it would work better to contrast with the AFC. But if you want to go deeper, I sort of have bounce back candidates as one tier, which is the rest of the NFC East outside of the Eagles. Yeah. Disappointing year with the Giants and Redskins. So many injuries for those guys. And the Cowboys with Ezekiel Elliott suspension and the defensive line injuries and suspensions. They just didn't have it last year. Um, so these guys are all bounce back candidates. And then you could also make a tier, sort of a making the leap tier, the right. 49ers and Bears. Sure. Two teams that the 49ers, the way they closed out the season and the Bears, what they did this offseason could be really emerging teams. But here's my pretenders list. And, and that last the column on the right, Seahawks, Cardinals, Lions and Buccaneers is sort of like Mark's who are you tier. Right. Who are you? Who are these guys? I don't know who the Seahawks are anymore. But if you're in this pretenders <laughs> tier, and again, Niners, Bears, Cowboys, Redskins, Giants, Seahawks, Cardinals, Lions, and Bucks, when you call them pretenders, you're saying you would be stunned if any of these teams was playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it would not surprise me if any of those teams – I don't think there's a Bills-level team on here where it would shock me if they made the playoffs. Right. I think any of these teams can make the playoffs. I just don't think they're strong enough to go all the way. And the, the Cowboys, to me, are the wild card of the conference. Uh, and I, I can I can see that that was last year was just such a difficult season the Zeke Elliott drama I think really messed with them uh, watching all or nothing really put Jason Garrett on my radar mm-hmm. and there were some people by the way at, after Tuesday's show were pounding the table that Garrett should be seen as the, the Dalton. Dalton scale that's a good that call. fits we we, we came up with that that answers on the fly. Yeah, that does you know. fit. This is this will be Garrett's last stand. Uh, I feel very comfortable. I don't even know what his contract situation is, but they need results. He needs to win ten plus games and maybe even win a playoff game uh, because Jarrah is not getting any younger. I think the Forty ers are a wild card because it, if you get it, I, there's got to be some bounce, the opposite of a bounce back where you come down a little bit off those yeah. last five games. There's no doubt they're not going to win every game that way, but. If they look like they did at the end of last year, you you talk about the Patriots having Belichick and Brady. I, I really think that Shanahan and Garoppolo are have the, the early seed of that, and and there's a lot to be said for how those two work together and what it could mean for that entire offense. They quickly added a lot of parts on defense too. They're they're not they don't have major positional groups of, of weakness or need. Dan, promise me you will make Garrett's last stand. An ongoing bit for the entire season. <laughs> I like that. I, let me get down in the lab and get to work on that. There's So there's no – I guess that's my big takeaway from the way you're setting up that conference, Wes, the NFC. There's no doormat. Well, there probably will be when the season starts, but from – or once the season gets into full bloom. But looking at it right now, every team kind of has a case to have a nice season. Who would you even throw out there as the potential doormat? I can't see one team that is – I'm worried about the Bucks, especially with Their the defense got a lot better, they though, are, I think. They are so talented yeah. outside of the Winston and, and Fitzpatrick questions. You, you know, that they really reloaded that front seven, as Mark said. And their offensive metrics, and a lot of the key metrics, they were better than teams like the Rams 
and the Eagles. I mean, they have so much talent on this team, but you're right. It was a disappointing season. They can't seem to put it all together, and I'm not going to believe in them until, you know, obviously their quarterback situation gets straight. The head coach yeah, situation is on my radar a little bit too. I, I was going to say, their, coaching, their, their weakness may be the coaching staff until they show us otherwise. And with their schedule, they could be staring at 0-3, uh, and then who knows how that team reacts to adversity. They certainly didn't react well last year. Well, that's sort of like what happened to the Giants last year. Once you get behind that eight ball, it's awfully hard to climb out. Right, and they also had a head coach that was in over his head. Uh, and Ben McAdoo is no longer there. So that's very interesting. I enjoyed both hierarchies. You want me to hand out grades? Please. Okay. <laughs> or, I don't know. Fill like... the role of Elliot Harrison here. <laughs> uh, higher, hierarchy grades. Um, right. Remember, you're going to be hanging out socially with us yeah. later today. <laughs> Do you want us to you know be what? part of the bill pain or not? I'm just going to grade you guys on pass-fail. Both pass. Oh, great. <laughs> that is how you do it. That's how you dodge trouble. Well, now I'm disappointed. <laughs> I want to know what you really think, but... Satisfactory. Remember, I that would be... I the yeah, past. Yeah, I got a couple of those. those. I want the A. Extremely satisfactory work by both the... Uh, both, not the scientists, sorry. The kissing cousins. Our eight minutes and of we'll talk prep to, work deserves respect. And we'll talk to Greg, maybe. I won't talk. I, I'm again, annoyed to find out grade. that I'm learning now that he voted me out I, of the, the... Yeah, Wes, you kind of let that one slip. I, that's completely fabricated. Loose lips. Sink basements. <laughs> Greg and I have never talked about Mark being in the lab. Greg and I have never talked about the lab outside of this there you room. Go. Spin baby, Wes. Damage control. I'm going to put a little chair under the doorknob, and you guys will be stuck down there. I have the whole rest of the house. <laughs> we don't have, have a little house knobs. party. It's a retina scan situation. Um, all right. So we will be back on Monday with another show. And I just want to say before we go, again, shout out to Alex Gelhar in his. Uh, his new career back in Wisconsin. Uh, also, the podcast award. Lindsay, I don't have that info in front of me. What, what, Where can people go to vote for the Around the NFL podcast? Hashtag. Let's get crooked. Let's get crooked. Is that Stuff really the, the official box. the official oh, hashtag? Yeah. Yes, that is it's, it. Let's well, the crooked. voting, the Maybe voting unofficial. of this. Yeah. Oh, the official voting can be done at podcastawards.com. Okay, and you go, what was, there was a little more prompting, I believe. You'll have to uh, register for oh, no. an account. Oh, oh that's killing us. Oh, no, you should have left that out because nobody's going to register. No, you just got to nominate around the NFL and make sure that you nominate them in the sports category. There you go. Get in there and do it. Register and be happy that you, you did. And then unsubscribe. And yeah, I'll give everyone, as we, you know, trust the process here. Uh, no, that's not the hashtag. The hashtag is <laughs> let's get crooked. Let's get crooked. Use your hotmail address, the one that you don't really <laughs> right. use. Use that one so you're not getting spam. And, and, and throw us a vote because if we win, I assume something amazing will happen, uh, both for us in the studio, probably monetary gain, and you as the listener because if we have more money, we will be happier and probably then more efficient as podcasters. Is that just Happiness hey. is contagious. By the way, if you go to their site, they have had up the entire year last year's winners, so... You'd, I don't uh, see us on there. Well, we didn't win last year, oh. but like the, one of the one of the benefits is that anyone, if you log in and you register, every time you visit Podcast Awards over the next year, you could cycle down and see our name on there that front go. page. That alone would be a huge benefit, Absolutely. I think, to the voter. Absolutely. What a boon! And again, uh, another prompt: go to uh, Apple Podcasts and uh, leave five star ratings and the comments. We'll probably get back to reading some comments down the line. So please support the show uh, as you always do. You guys are amazing. Uh, Greg, we'll be, we'll be back next week. It's our last week of two shows, and then we ramp up for training camp. So 
Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansen signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Wisconsin Whiz Kid. Is that what Alex? Esquire. Esquire, of course. <laughs> and Lindsay Fulton behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.